Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Five Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. In the news this week, unfortunately, Spectre has reared its ugly head once more with revisions to CVE 2017-5753 and CVE 2018-3693 security advisories revealing a Spectre 1.1 and 1.2. This week, several people noticed and tweeted on Twitter that Intel paid a $100,000 bounty to researchers via the HackerOne platform. If you read in the PDF, providing details from the researchers, which I will link with this episode of the podcast, you can see that much like the original variants, it suggested that there could be further patches in the short term, and in the long term, new hardware and architectural changes to CPU on pretty much all devices we use in the long term will remedy and mitigate these problems. There was a very concerning interaction between a Google Cloud customer and Google Cloud support, which went viral late last week. Google had detected some suspicious activity. The customer said Google blocked their system's website, app, and other services on June 28th without warning. Google then threatened to shut down the system for good unless the admin could provide ID and other documentation. Luckily, it didn't go any further than that, and Google lamented providing support and resolving the situation soon after. GCP, or the Google Cloud Platform, has been getting very positive reviews in recent times. But unfortunately, in quick succession, the Google Cloud COO resigned, and this letter has gone viral. I'm not sure how to feel about this. In one way, it's concerning, as, you know, that wouldn't happen if the sites and apps were kept on-premises, and that person or that admin had control and ownership, complete ownership. But then again, you know, it's not. It's in the cloud. That's part of the benefit is, you know, Google can detect suspicious activity, They detected something suspicious, and isn't it reassuring that they took action, albeit action that can cause an inconvenience? It's kind of like your bank putting a temporary lock on your car due to suspicious activity. Sure, it's kind of annoying when it happens, if it's not something genuinely suspicious and it was just you, but isn't it good to have that reassurance that they're actively monitoring and trying to prevent something malicious happening? It does raise some very interesting points about, you know, cloud services in general. The SysInternals team released version 13.90 of their Autoruns utility. The utility is the most comprehensive knowledge of auto-starting locations of any startup monitor. It shows you what programs are configured to run during boot up or login, and when you start various built-in Windows applications like IE, Explorer, and Media Players. These programs and drivers include Ones in your startup folder, run, run once, the registry keys. Uh, Auto runs also reports on Explorer shell extensions, toolbars, browser help objects, and more. So basically, everything which will auto run or possibly affect performance of your machines, this tool can report on. It will show you much more in one place than, say, something like MS Config or just looking at services. So it's definitely one to check out if you haven't before. Application packaging and delivery is pretty much my bread and butter. So I've been covering some MSIX news in previous versions of the podcast or episode of the podcast. And this week, the MSIX package support framework, or PSF as they're calling it, is now available on GitHub. It contains some pretty interesting content with many references to shims, including the file redirection shim. The accompanying blog post 
mentions three main workflows where PSF can be used to help today. If you review these workflows, it really suggests that they're very developer oriented, which is not surprising as MSIX so far has been pretty developer focused. But for example, uh, they state once you've packaged your app, you can add the PSF into your package by downloading the package support framework NuGet package and configuring its behavior via a simple uh, config.json file when your app is not ex behaving as expected, which you know, the shims kind of suggest. The configuration file will help you define the exact behavior you need. If you're familiar with the desktop bridge, you can also leverage the PSF in your package, extend an existent PSF fix, or create your own. The PSF was developed intentionally to be easily extensible by the community and allows you to build on top of the investments of others. So that kind of open mentality. And probably more importantly for the IT professionals and packaging community, they state that the PSF integration with the MSI packaging tool is coming soon. The PSF will be integrated with the MSI, MSIX packaging tool and allow you to apply and configure fixes easily with the tool's GUI. It can also be easily integrated with other solutions in the market. If you look at the GitHub repository linked in the article, you can see they've got some sample apps, and like I was saying, they've got references to shims, they've got some markdowns providing further detail. Um, I'll also link to some great information from a third-party vendor called Cloudhouse. They've been posting quite a lot of information about MSIX in the last uh, few weeks or even a couple of months. Second quarter results for 2018 have shown that the PC market continues to grow with HP leading the pack. HP sold 14.8 million PCs, which was up 7.6% for them. Lenovo and Fujitsu sold 13.7 million PCs, up 11.3%. Dell sold 11.25 million PCs, up 9% and Apple were fourth with 4.3 million sold, up 0.1%, and Acer rounded out the top five with 4.1 million PCs sold, up 1.3%. It's something I've touched on in a couple of different episodes of the podcast, but these hardware manufacturers are actually seeing an increase in business. The Microsoft Whiteboard app has been released, which lets you draw and erase as well as attach sticky notes and images on your device and display and use to collaborate with friends and colleagues like a physical whiteboard. In previous episodes of the podcast, and actually even in the last episode of the podcast, featured some of the different UI changes within the Windows Insider builds for Windows 10. Well, there's another one this week to report on, and that is uh, Notepad. So when using the find and replace tool in the updated builds notepad, a new checkbox option exists, which allows you a new wrap around option, which will continue the search from the top of the document once it's reached its end. So no more, you know, clicking into the middle of the document and doing a search and getting to the bottom, but not going back to the top. You have to click to the top and then let it search through again. No more of that. You'll also be able to zoom your text in and out with the usual keyboard shortcuts, such as holding down control while scrolling or pressing the plus or minus keys, or via the view menu. For those uh, 
listening to the audio only version of the podcast if you take a look at the youtube ver- uh, edition of this podcast you'll see a very brief demo also when using the word wrap feature you'll now be given an accurate line and column count too eric from zenat blog reported this week that dotnet framework 4.7.2 causes issues with both microsoft exchange and citrix zen desktop 718 so look out if you're doing Windows updates and .NET Framework is in there, I mean, usually I would not suggest deploying that as a Windows update anyway. You want to make sure it's tested and controlled, but take extra caution if you're managing Exchange and Citrix and Desktop 718. Also in that vein, Joe Shank has reported that KB4338605 has caused problems with his Citrix storefront. So tread very lightly with your patches as always. Make sure you test these out. Do not roll into production without doing proper testing and letting it bake on single servers for some time and just give yourself some peace of mind. This week, Chris Collins tweeted a really interesting thread detailing a case of a container left running with an old version of Drupal, which got breached with the crypto mining software. Chris listed some of his many concerns. It's something I covered in a blog post about a year and a half ago on RoryMon.com. I talked about security and some skepticism towards the images on the Docker hub while getting into security and orchestration. Of course, containers are not by default impenetrable, so you want to keep track of the containers running in your environment, but as they're containers, without proper orchestration and security tools, you're not going to be able to keep track of them. They're isolated, kind of invisible within your environment without proper tooling. Uh, in my blog post I mentioned new vector and I show how it allows you to keep visibility of the containers in your environment and their communications and network dependencies. If you're working with Docker and you could just assume that because they're isolated and they're containerized that they're secure, I really suggest you check out the link for this thread which I will provide alongside this episode which is episode 28 on the YouTube version as well as on 5bytespodcast.com. And now for this episode's hot job. This week's hot job is in Los Angeles, California. It's a role as an AWS consultant. The salary is listed as between $100,000 to $120,000. The successful candidate will be responsible for building new pipeline models and code for onboarding of a new data source our major change in existing solution. They'll look at building using reusable components while implementing new requirements, regressing performance testing with QA engineers, routine bug fixes, data queries, job monitoring, fresh data loads, etc. They'll have to work flexible to support after hours. The candidate should have five years with data ingestion and orchestration and agile with three years in data engineering plus a master's degree in computer science or equivalent professional experience combined with a bachelor's degree. They should also have a minimum of three years experience on AWS Cloud Python with good hand-on experience on Node.js and Google Tech. And now for this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. This week, Bass Van Cam is making his popular book Inside Citrix, the FlexCast management architecture, available for free online. He'll be releasing one or two chapters for download at a time. 
and the book has received nothing but positive reviews. It is still also very relevant today. Thanks to Bass for making his hard work available for all of us for free. That's it for another episode. Thanks so much for listening.